Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling, and I am excited to be with you today to talk about another topic of interest to the multifamily real estate investor. This is focusing on the process of investing passively with a sponsor or asset management firm or syndicator, whatever term you want to use for folks like myself and Bill for Mara Polling. When you're thinking about writing a check and making an investment in a multifamily property, how do you do it in such a way that you don't get sold? And by that, what I mean is, um, there's an awful lot of opportunities uh, to put your money into uh, out there. Lots of syndications, lots of sponsors. Uh, you might be looking on uh, some of the crowdfunding sites. You may have uh, access through your personal network to, uh, to other opportunities. Uh, so there's a lot of places you could potentially put your money. How do you make the decision in such a way that you're comfortable you've made the right decision and that you didn't get sold something, that you didn't get talked uh, into this from that standpoint. So we're gonna share a few tidbits today that we hope will help you in that process. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com, or swing by or and, Swing by the website and check out the Learning Center at marapolling.com. Lots of good content for you there. One of the things I'll, I'm just going to start with is, um, uh, so this might sound like a sales pitch, <laughs> right? It's like, hmm, what's Pat talking about this week? Well, we want to talk about questions and the thought process that we would encourage anyone to have that's looking at making a, a syndicated multifamily investment. Um, we personally don't believe in sales. Uh, we don't actually think you can effectively sell these kinds of investments. What you can do and what we encourage everyone in this space to do is to educate folks, to help people learn more about multifamily real estate. It's one of the reasons we have our podcast, Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling, uh, is to fulfill that educational goal um, and then help people understand any specific offering they might be looking at so that they can then make the best decision possible for themselves. Um, that may not be the experience you have as you work across the industry with different folks. Um, and so we want to help a little bit with some tidbits that we think will uh, improve your ability to make good decisions and to keep you from getting quote unquote sold. So again, as I said, there's a lot of different opportunities out there, a lot of different sales pitches, if you will. And some are outright sales pitches. Some just feel that way. It feels like a sales pitch. Um, so how do you distill all those different opportunities down into their essential components uh, so that you can make a decision that keeps you from falling victim to being sold. Um, as I said, we're we're a little different. Um, our background one is is different. We're we're uh, uh, we're from the institutional investment world, uh, where we raised money from large institutions, large Wall Street firms, uh, and managed industrial and retail and office uh, portfolios that we built. Um, on a really large scale. So when we work with our multifamily clients, 
We absolutely, there's a different feel when folks work with us. Um, so if you're familiar with working with us, it may be different than what you'll experience working with others in the industry. Doesn't mean that others are bad. We think the overwhelming majority of folks that syndicate in this industry are great people and do a great job. Uh, there may be a few bad apples like there is anywhere, but uh, all in all, we think this is a, a great industry. Um, so our background's a little different. Um, I'm an accountant. Now you may you may think to yourself uh, that I am a salesperson. I was born with the gift of gab, and uh, those of you that know me and that have uh, taken me up on the offer for a phone call and that we've had a chat, that's usually one of the items that will come up in one of our conversations. Is um, I'm an accountant by training and a numbers guy. Uh, but I was born with the gift of gab and have been blessed with years and years uh, in this industry, uh, which has given me a lot of hard-earned lessons that uh, I'm happy to impart and share with, um, with others. Uh, again, we're very focused on education. We think that's the right way to help folks make good decisions uh, and that sales pitches don't necessarily work. That doesn't mean you're not going to run uh, into them. So the first item that uh, I would raise for you to put on your list of things to keep in mind as you're going through the process of uh, weeding through all the different passive investment options you've got out there and maybe coming down with the handful you want to work on is um, don't get rushed. You know, this is this is a big decision, whether it's a decision with you know lots and lots of zeros behind it or just a few zeros it doesn't matter it's a big decision it's your money you've worked hard for it uh, you're trying to be a good steward of that money for yourself and your family and uh, potentially for heirs down the road so take your time uh, whatever your timeline is is the timeline that should be honored uh, it doesn't matter if someone's got an opportunity that's closing soon or today's the last day to get in um, and those, by the way, might be true statements, right? Uh, you could absolutely be talking to someone when, hey, I've only got one spot left or, uh, you know, we're closing this fund on date X. You've got to get in now. Those might be accurate statements. That's no reason to go ahead and rush and make an investment that you're not comfortable with. So uh, we would encourage you to uh, take your time. Uh, don't get rushed. Get yourself a good list of questions together. Uh, if you've been listening to our podcast for any length of time, or if you're a new listener, welcome, uh, and you've gone back and taken advantage of some of the episodes from uh, earlier in season three, or even back to season one and season two, then uh, you may have some questions already. If not, start getting a list of questions together, things that you want to, uh, to work on. Uh, I would encourage you to think about things the way uh, Mr. Buffett does uh, from Omaha. Uh, you know, one of his truisms that he follows is to invest in things that you understand. Uh, if you can't understand how that business makes its money, it may not be the right place to invest. Um, and so investing in multifamily on the surface seems like it makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah, I understand how that works. Tenants pay rent. The rent comes in. Some of it covers the expenses that are incurred, like property taxes and maintenance expenses and the like. Uh, and the mortgage payment and the cash that's left over comes out to me, the investor. Great. And at a, at a high level, that's completely accurate. How that money actually flows and so on uh, could be different and will be different from syndication, from offering to offering. Um, 
but invest in things that you understand. If you don't understand, right? If what I just said, wait a minute, I don't understand how that works. Um, uh, what do you mean maintenance expenses? Well, then you want to ask questions about that, right? You want to get to a place where you understand. You don't necessarily have to understand from a standpoint that you could operate the asset, although some of you may have that experience or that understanding or desire to have it. But you certainly want to be able to understand what your money is going to be doing. And that uh, is would be one guidance as you put your questions together. Um, along that same lines, um, how do you get your return? Right? If if the estimated return or target returns, and by the way, both of those words mean the same thing, non-guaranteed. Uh, that's probably a better word for us all to use is non-guaranteed. The non-guaranteed return is uh, you know, 8% cash and an 18% total return. Those happen to be what our uh, total return fund, uh, that's the targeted returns for the total return fund. Uh, but estimated and targeted mean non-guaranteed. Uh, you will not find a guaranteed uh, return in this um, space. But how does that work? Where, where does that money actually come from? How does the rent getting paid and the OPEX expenses getting taken care of and the mortgage payment getting taken care of and the cash that's left, how does that turn into the kind of cash return you say I'm going to get and turn into the equity growth you say I'm going to get uh, and so on? How does that actually work? Uh, in many of these investments, you'll hear a term called waterfall. If you're not familiar with that, you're going to want to get familiar with it. The waterfall is simply the way in which the returns are structured such that the sponsor, so Mara Polling in our instance, uh, can participate in the success that's created. Right. So uh, there might be a preferred return that's paid. There might be some different uh, types of capital, some preferred uh, capital or uh, preferred equity that gets a different return than others. Uh, there, there's uh, generally a return of capital component. Uh, there'll be some sort of promote or carried interest or performance fee or I'm not sure exactly what that uh, that fits into that that'll make up that final piece. Uh, but you should be comfortable that you understand the mechanics of how that works and how that ties back to the basic understanding of how the investment is going to operate. And tying back to the very first point that I made, <clears throat> this may take some time to get that level of understanding. You've got all the time in the world because you're in charge of this decision, not the sponsor. I'm not in charge of it. If you happen to be talking to me, uh, my job is to simply help you understand so that you can make a decision. And if it takes you a year to make that decision, great, then that's the right time for you to have made that decision. In. The next piece that we would put on your list of questions is, um, so how's the sponsor get paid, right? Um, I'm not aware of any of us in this industry, myself and Bill included, uh, who does who do this as charitable work. <laughs> I think everybody gets some income from it, right? We all get paid some uh, kind of compensation. Uh, some of that may be structured as fees, right? They could be capital raising fees or acquisition fees or management fees 
or capital deployment fees or refinance fees or disposition fees, lots and lots of different kinds of fees that are in there. And then, as I mentioned in the waterfall, it's a component of your return. There's generally some provision for the sponsor to participate in the success that's been created in the performance of the asset over time. How does all that work, right? Um, and just like any other thing that you're going to purchase, there are services that are going to be uh, more uh, expense oriented, more focused on low expenses. And so you're going to get a modest level of service out of those and Walmart type pricing, if you will. And then there'll be others that have higher degrees of service and experience and other sorts of capabilities that go with it. And those may be a little more Nordstrom-like. So you're gonna see a range of fees and expenses. Uh, higher expenses, higher fees, doesn't necessarily mean that, that's, that those are better managers, better asset managers. Uh, lower fees don't necessarily mean that those people are more efficient. Everybody charges a different fee based on whatever their particular business model is. Um, I would be more than happy to share with you what our fee structure is so that you can use us as a benchmark, if you will, to go out and at least understand how that works for everyone. If you'd like to learn more about that, again, shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A, P-O-L-I-N-G.com, and I'll be happy to walk through that with you. And that's got nothing to do with whether you want to, <clears throat> pardon me, whether you want to work with us uh, in an investment uh, manner or you're simply looking to learn more about this particular space. Um, the other set of questions, so those are kind of some data questions, if you will, about here, explain to me this, explain to me that. Another set of questions is, what if, all right, so what if this happens? And then I would put together a list of concerns. What if there's a recession, right? What if there's a fire? What if uh, half the tenants lose their job, right? What, just make a big list of all the different things. What if, uh, what if you run out of money and need money? What if I need my money back? Uh, all sorts of different things. Whatever might be of concern to you, make a list of those items, the what ifs. And when you look at some of the documents, and we're gonna talk about documents in a minute, in particular, the private placement memorandum, the PPM, which is filled with all sorts of what ifs, keep a pad of paper nearby and jot down any that resonate with you. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, how does that work? What, what if that thing happens, right? And because there's a whole list of them there from, you know, the world coming to an end to, um, you know, the death of one of the principals uh, in, in the sponsor firm, right? Uh, as an example, death or incapacitation. So you get yourself a good list of questions together. Now, where do you go get these answers? So I mentioned documents. You should absolutely be given a set of documents uh, to review. And those documents are gonna help you get those answers, right? So the private placement memorandum that I just mentioned, the operating agreement for the uh, partnership for the limited partnership for the LLC for whatever the entity is that you're going to be uh, investing through uh, the subscription agreement there's a document that you will sign that actually says I agree to abide by these other things and there's a bunch of good stuff in there uh, that's something you you may want to get yourself familiar with but in reviewing those you'll come up with more questions uh, you'll get some answers but you'll probably have more questions as well which then takes us to the place that I would 
absolutely encourage you, if there's nothing else you take away from today, uh, from the, the lesson about how do I keep myself from getting sold, and that is uh, to get your answers direct from the source, right? So talk to the sponsor, the asset management firm, the syndicator, again, whatever term you want to use for them. Talk to Mara Polling, right? If you want to work with us, talk to Mara Polling. Now, when you approach the sponsor, you may get an investor relations person, right? Somebody that, that might actually be their title, right? Investor relations associate or manager or director, right? Um, great. You can chat with that person. Uh, it's better, I think, to talk to a decision maker, right? So unless that investor relations person is the one that's going to decide what goes on with your money, where it goes, the one that decided on this property, the one that made the decision. And while there are groups that will get together and do this and they form consensus and so on, ultimately somebody signs on the bottom line, literally, somebody signs the actual transactions, somebody's the ultimate decision maker, get yourself in a position to talk to that person. That would make a great deal of sense. The answers you get from that individual uh, are gonna have uh, the highest of quality with them. Doesn't mean they're gonna be the right answers that you wanna hear. Uh, they may actually not be very good answers, but they'll be the, the best answers you're gonna get. They're gonna tell you the most about that transaction so that you are not getting sold. If you're getting your answers from pre-packaged sales collateral and an investor relations person that's calling you to say, uh, okay, you've got the material, you've got two days to make a decision, you know what, we're almost oversubscribed, you need to get in now. Boy, that feels kind of salesy. And if it, that doesn't mean that's necessarily a bad investment, it's just that process is kind of selling you. So you'd want to be able to use these tools to move at your own speed, to get the documents you want, to do the review, uh, to talk to the people you need to talk to. If you can do all that, and in the time frame that's available, it works, great. If not, well, I don't know that you've really missed anything um, from that standpoint, because if you can't be certain that it's a good decision before you do it, then you're, in our eyes, you're potentially better off just passing and waiting for the next opportunity. One last place to get some answers would be from other clients. Now, if you're working with a sponsor on an individual asset, there aren't any other clients in that asset, right? Nobody else is invested yet because you're all investing together. Uh, our individual syndications work that way. Uh, but there are other individuals that have worked with this uh, firm before. Uh, if you were talking to me and said, hey, I'd, I'd like to talk to some folks that have done work with you. I've got some questions for them. Fantastic. We'd be more than happy to facilitate that. At some firms, you're going to get testimonials. Testimonials are great. Um, I, I think that's a, a great place to start, um, but it's you know kind of one-way generic commentary. Uh, another would be the ability to maybe email or correspond with someone, send them some questions and have them reply back. That's great. The best way, obviously, is a live conversation, and uh, and we do that on a pretty regular basis, where folks will ask if they can speak to one of our clients, and I'll usually reach out to. Uh, a few folks and ask if they wouldn't mind being a part of that and then let them all get uh, together to have whatever kind of conversation they want. We're not 
uh, a party to any of that. And uh, if that helps that individual get to a place where they can make a good decision, which by the way, sometimes a good decision is not to invest. Uh, we're very supportive of that, right? And and I would hope that the sponsors you work with likewise are. Uh, not every investment is meant for every single person and for every dollar that they have to invest, right? You've got different needs that you have for the different dollars you have in your investment portfolio. And what investing with me looks like uh, is going to be different than investing with, you know, the next sponsor down the road, and they may actually be a better fit for you, and I would want you to invest with them. I want you to get the best fit, not just because that sounds very noble and so on, which I'm sure it does, or at least I hope it does, uh, but because I don't need the headache, nor do you, of us f figuring this out a few months later that this was not a good decision, because that's, that's just not a positive uh, for either of us. Okay, so I'm going to summarize with what I think is um, a rather obvious statement, but I think it uh, is still bears worth saying, and that is, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Uh, as I said, these are not insignificant decisions, right? You might be talking about $5,000 or $25,000. You might be talking about $100,000 or a half a million dollars or a million dollars, whatever the number is. Those dollars are hard earned by you and your family or potentially other members of your family that you are now the steward of and investing them in a way that you are comfortable, that you've made a good decision is the top priority. So if it doesn't feel right, just don't do it. There's lots of other fish in the sea. There's lots of other opportunities uh, to invest uh, down, the, um, uh, down the road. So I hope you found this helpful as you're going through this process. As I said, if you are contemplating making some investments in the passive space uh, and you want some additional insights on how to go about sourcing this out, um, I'd be happy to have that conversation with you. And as I said, even if it turns out that, that we're not the fit for you, um, I'd be happy to send you a copy of our documents. You can take a look at them. We can have some of these conversations. And if that helps you be better prepared to talk to the next sponsor, fantastic. I am more than happy to do that for you. Uh, again, pat at marapolling.com. Swing by marapolling.com for some more information that I hope helps you along your way. We are coming up and really at the end of the year. Today was our um, 51st episode. Uh, in season three. So season three is drawing to a close. The next two weeks, uh, next Tuesday is uh, Christmas Eve and the week after is New Year's Eve. So we will have episodes that we'll post then. Uh, we're going to reach into the vault and bring some encore episodes back with a little bit of additional commentary uh, to, um, to add to them. So if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe so that you don't miss out on any new content. And then beginning on Tuesday, January 7th, season four begins. We've got some really exciting news. We're going to share that Tuesday and throughout the month of January as we get next year uh, kicked off with a bang. So uh, thank you for joining us this week. And I look forward to seeing you next time on Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poland.